Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Sky Sports Fantasy Football from Fantasy Football Scout. I am Luke and with me as ever is Niall. It's game week six preview, the week after overhaul. How are you doing now? Terrible, actually. Yeah, probably one of the worst <laughs> weeks I've had in fantasy football in memory. Um, but I, I think I've got no right to complain because yours was worse. So uh, I know. yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of licking our wounds in this in this episode, but you know, try not to get too downhearted this early in the season, but that was a really frustrating first week post overall, especially after we spent so much time thinking about it and talking about it on the air. Yeah, it really was, and it's hard to get yourself up for this sort of thing after such a dreadful week. I mean, I was like 350th or something at some point, like, I think it was like game week two to be fair, I think it was about 1,000th going into overhaul. And uh, you obviously spend a lot of time planning and then uh, it sort of blows up in your face straight away. I mean, mine went couldn't have gone more wrong. I know the arrow there on the screen is green. That's because I can't work out to change it to red. Believe me, guys, it is very much a red. I'm down to 4,569, which might be one of my lowest ranks I've ever had in Sky, to be honest, even from the start. No, I'm sure I've been lower than that. Um, but the only way is up now, I guess. I'm going to have a brief run and bring up my team as well, just so you guys can see what my thought process was um you know obviously there were some errors made but i don't i don't think it should have gone quite as badly as it did you can see there i'm on 39 out of 40 transfers now because i did use one on monday night because of our friend calvert lewin decided not to turn up and went to richardson i'll get to that in a bit though so there's my team uh, in front of you um yeah so what like i said before Richarlison was actually Calvert-Lewin and you can see my money in the bank at the top there that was for lukaku so i've made the decision quite early on that Calvert-Lewin is the best captain for that Monday night and it's obviously a detriment to your team because you're missing out on a premium. Like I say, I would have had Lukaku otherwise I've got the exact money to get him. And I thought who's going to be better over these three weeks? You know, they could match each other but at the end of the day Calvert-Lewin's got that captain day and he's also got home to Everton in there. So his fixtures are better and you could argue he's got the extra one if you, if you captain the Burnley one. So I thought that's worth a transfer, I'll keep that in. I don't really want Everton defence because I'm just not confident that we'll keep clean sheets and I don't think they're long-term holds, so I just I didn't want that in my life. And I think that was kind of indicated. Obviously, Pickford goes and gets tier two uh, saves bonus, uh, bonus for people. So fair enough. Didn't want Damara Gray because I just don't... Again, I don't really want to mess around with transfers at that level. I'm happy with the other midfielders I had and I, I didn't want to have to transfer him out later. Now, some of my other midfielders, you think I could maybe transfer him out later, like Rafinha possibly, but I think he's also potentially a season hold. I've got Traore in there, and Traore, although I feel like I will probably have to take him out at some point, I felt that he was like an 18-19 game week hold almost with the amount of really good fixtures Wolves have got. So I was happy to do that, and Torres is just someone I've has been non-negotiable with me. I just thought I'm just going to leave him in because he's, he's Man City's striker. So I felt like I had to sort of cover it with Calvert-Lewin, Obviously, then he doesn't even turn up. I mean, that's ridiculous. I wasn't going to put him in my team if he was any, any even a slight doubt. But obviously, we saw him in training for three days, everything. So that really destroyed me, really, uh, and, and numerous others, I think, as well. But my main issue was, was basically using Antonio to cover either Ronaldo or Lukaku. And again, I wanted to be clever here. I wanted to 
not have Ronaldo and then have to transfer him out in three weeks, which is what I think most people are probably looking to do in Sky. Maybe they're not, but I, I kind of didn't want to book the transfer when I felt like the form Antonio's in and the fixtures he's got, he could maybe get close to Ronaldo. Now, I didn't think he was going to outscore Ronaldo at all. I thought Ronaldo was a shoo-in to get man of the match, scoring the Newcastle game particularly. Didn't like, don't really like his next two fixtures, but obviously can still do good. And I thought if Ronaldo gets like two goals and Antonio gets like something, which I mean, the form he's been in, who could argue that he would get something, right? Um, I can sort of cover him a little bit. And as a result, with the money I've got left over, you know, I can then buff the rest of my team. I can have the best defenders. I can have Diaz, which worked out. I mean, the rest of my team was good. I had Mendy in goal. He did fantastic with the saves and clean sheet. Rudiger obviously got the clean sheet. I've got Diaz, who got a 10-pointer as usual. So I felt like the theory was there, but then Antonio goes and gets a red card and Ronaldo gets the brace. So the disparity there, I think, is 36 points. So that's just a 36-point hit. What makes that worse for me is Antonio is actually my only cover as captain for the Sunday upcoming, really. I mean, I have got other Chelsea players, right? So I could captain Rudiger or someone like that away to Spurs. But in my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to captain Antonio home to, to Man United on the Sunday. I don't have Ronaldo or Lukaku. I don't really want to captain a Chelsea defender away. So let's ruin that as well. Calvert-Lewin then didn't play, so I kind of forced into a transfer. So it was all for nothing in the end anyway. Heavily weighed up, Townsend, believe it or not, who then goes and gets a goal assist and man of the match. But again, I thought I can't get Townsend because Richardson's the obvious pick. He's up front, he's on penalties. That'd be me trying to be too clever. After the week I've had, I've just got to secure it, you know, and do that. I didn't really want to do it. I did it last minute. I wasn't sure it was going to work, but, you know, I can't really be too results orientated there. So in the end, a massive drop for my team. Obviously, the other things that happened for everyone, obviously, Antonio got the red, anyone who's got him, a lot of people ignored him. Fair enough, he did well. You know, Torres did nothing. Traore got man of the match, fair enough. Rafinha didn't expect too much. Salah was the obvious captain. Christensen didn't play. I think there's a lot of questions about him, so that's kind of annoying, but I was kind of half expecting that one. And Webster, again, I'm not going to complain too much about that because I think you know, virtually everyone's got that as well. So as far as first weeks go, aside from Salah captain versus Leeds, it couldn't have gone much worse, really. It was pretty awful. Sorry, I know I've just waffled for ages, but I wanted to give you guys some insight into my thinking, even if it turned out to be wrong. I just think it's a little harsh that Antonio to get a red card and everyone else's captain to get, you know, a brace and man of the match. <laughs> there we go. Any thoughts now on that? <laughs> oh, God. Um... Yeah, no, it's, it's a good thing I haven't had my dinner yet because it'll be coming back up. <laughs> Listen to that. That I'm I'm sick. I'm sick for you. To be honest with you, I was feeling sorry for myself too after a, a pretty poor week. I've dropped from like four or five hundred down to mm. seventeen hundred, which doesn't sound doesn't sound that bad. But um, yeah, similarly to you, uh, yeah, Christensen obviously um, had Aspilicueta too. Didn't didn't start. Came off the bench. Webster getting injured, you know, you can you can live with that a little bit, you know. Um, Webster's highly owned, lots of people have him. You need an enabler, fair enough. You can you can move him on. I could live with that. Um, Sunday wasn't great, obviously. A lot of the Liverpool assets did well. I had Salah as captain. Um, Rafinha did nothing. I also had Torres, like you said, he did nothing. I had um, another midfielder, Elliot Nussi, was putting as a budget option, nothing. Uh, and then Bruno also. Thankfully, on Saturday, I did have Ronaldo. So Ronaldo basically saved the whole weekend. Um, him and Mendy, really. Him, Mendy and Salah were the only players that got anything of note, really, for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 80, 87 points, I think, I finished on, which right. isn't isn't a disaster. But the, 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 the real kick in the teeth after a pretty bad weekend was last night, seeing that Calvert-Lewin rumors spreading like wildfire throughout the day you know that he wasn't wasn't fully fit you know and then i watched the video that everton posts and it's like and the players have arrived and i'm like oh great let's let's i'm sure Campbell <laughs> will be there you know he's going to be on the bench at least if he's on the bench i can still captain him and yeah sure as hell that he was not on the bus nowhere to be seen yeah and um <clears throat> yeah i justified it in my head that if rafa who i actually think rafa is probably responsible for this whole thing because there was that no, not too subtle picture of DCL training last week with Godfrey, where they said, "Oh, Godfrey's back," and it just happened to be a photo with him next to Calvert Lewin. Um, yeah, and and clearly he wasn't fit, um, and it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So who knows? Maybe that was Rafa mind games, but um, he finally was honest before the game and said, well, "Hopefully, he was somewhat honest and said that he wouldn't be back for a while." 
So made the leap to Richarlison. We all know how that went. Um, yeah, and, painful. Yeah, I feel like absolutely awful. And, and here we were, pre-overhaul. I wouldn't say we were gloating, that's wrong. But we were definitely saying, oh, you know, look at the gains that are to be made if you if you really think about things and you listen to these podcasts and you, know, you hear what we're saying. And here we are, um, yeah, after after the one, not, not looking good ourselves. But but almost enough. So yeah, I did waste the transfer on Richarlison, um, regrettably. But you know, put it behind us and move on. Yeah, he's... It. although I have. Yeah, sorry. Just while, while I'm still kind of complaining yeah. about my team, it, look, I think Christensen's starting again tonight in the Champions League. Yeah, we'll get to um, that. Yeah, and Thiago Silva isn't. So we've got questions on this to come. But yeah, overall, probably a, a two out of ten first week back from the overall. Yeah, you kind of just have to take it on the chin. I mean, Richardson's still got one more game. I'm not optimistic about it. The money, the money game was obviously the one against Burnley. Um, you know, away to Villa, I don't expect too much, but you never know. They can surprise you sometimes. Yeah, just devastating, really, because it's also the fact that the other options, like I say, Pickford and Damari Gray did fine. Now, I don't begrudge anyone going Gray, but I really didn't like that pick for the reason that he's had three shots all season on target and they've all gone in. You know, I don't really like captain and midfielder whose general feedback is usually two points. You know, I think Rafinha is probably the only exception I've got to that where I just couldn't have... I mean, again, I'd have had Banford if I could, but I can't, so I, I basically have to use him. Other, other than that, it's usually these, you know, the 10-point centre-backs or the, or the strikers that I like to go for just for that insurance. And, you know, the fact that he returned as well made it worse. If he'd have just got his two points to four, I could have kind of lived with it a little bit. Then he get, I think he's like an 18-point haul or something, right? Or I don't know what it was, something like that, 16 maybe. Um, I don't know if he got actually won't have got shots on target bonus will he so it would have been 8, no, eight points so yeah so 16 eight points, but still double 16 is a, a big number yeah so successes obviously I mean Diaz I like that I went there to begin with I know it's really early days he's expensive obviously Matip etc did just as well so can't really say that but Mendy I'm really happy with surprised he got so many shots just happy to have him in my team um, yeah it seemed, I might have underestimated Wolves defence a little bit I mean I didn't expect I wasn't so sure that they'd get any attacking returns or anything else to accompany the odd clean sheet that they might get, but Marcel and stuff are so cheap, and when I actually looked at him properly, and I, although he's injury prone, he's actually got tackle tier on three of the four weeks now as well to go with it. So if you've got a defender that cheap, you know, like always, I always look for my tiers, you know, bonus points, and he's getting it. Now, I, don't, I know tackles isn't as secure, but um, that suddenly heightens it to me. So he, he might be one I'm looking at, and we'll get to that in the questions with what to do with Webster I think with Webster we still haven't got any information at this point so um, the fact that it was sort of widely reported that it's a hamstring that suggests he's going to be out for a while plus that Potter and injuries for me in the past has just been horrific you know Lamptey's a perfect example you know he always seems to be teetering on the edge of coming back but never quite makes it and I don't really want that situation um, but yeah there's, you know aside from just going grey over Calvert-Lewin and just having Lukaku from the start I was never going to have Ronaldo um, so there we go. Ended up with 60 points. So even though you had a bad week, it's like, what, 30? How many points did you get? Sorry, 36 or something? Like? 87. 87. Okay, so yeah, there we go. 27 less and people have done much well. But the, the positive, it's very, very early on. And, you know, still got 39 out of 40 transfers. The funny thing is now my B team is now ahead of my A team by quite quite a lot. And I was kind of messing around with my B team. Um, but listen to this. So when your week's going terribly, in my B team, I didn't have... Um, any leads coverage, right? So, on the first day when Webster got injured, and I've got I've got the three premiums in the B team. That's why I was doing well. Basically, the Lukaku, Ronaldo, Kane. I've got all the money to go to all of them, and I didn't have any leads. I thought I'm going to decide on Friday whether I want leads. I'm just going to not think about it. I didn't want to give the brain space to that team, basically. So Webster gets injured, and I think, oh, do you know what? I can bring in Lorente versus Liverpool because then that covers me. I don't want <laughs> some of the uh, for the game on Friday night. So when things are going bad, Christ alive, I bring in Lorente, I know he's injury prone, but to see him hobble off after 30 minutes, it's like that's another transfer down in that BT. It's not been good. Anyway, I'm going to stop moaning. Should we get to the questions now for what the people have come to listen to? Yes, please. Let's do it. Okay. So thanks for the, uh, the replies, guys. Hopefully, uh, you know, if you're not on Twitter, follow Fantasy Football Scout. I often retweet it, so does Niall. Get your questions in there. Um, and as we move forward, obviously not every week there's going to be big talking points. This week there's quite a few because obviously we had quite a few injuries and stuff. 
generally we like to plan for a long time. On that note, I actually got a DM from someone going, I've been loving all the pods, I've been loving it, but you guys keep talking about saving your transfers and not using them. What are you saving for? And I responded going, trust me, you'll see, like injuries happen all the time, stuff happens. You know, we talk about saving them because these things happen. He's like, oh, okay. And then where we go, week one, like red cards, injuries, players dropped. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do, it, it always hits you that way. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, first question for, from uh, For Reasons Unknown. So he says, I had zero transfers planned till the 2nd of November earliest, but Antonio and Christensen are now two issues. Is it knee-jerk to use two transfers now or do not is best? So do you think those are issues, first of all? Um, yes. Yeah, I think, well, Antonio, I think, is an issue, personally. Um, the problem you've got with Antonio is he doesn't play again until the next Sunday, am I right in thinking? So he's obviously he doesn't play this week and then his game after that is on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, so you're probably going to be missing two games from potentially, if you've got the budget, a premium striker. Now, I don't know what his team's situation is, but if... He plays on the Saturday, sorry. Him, he plays on the Saturday in game week seven. So he just oh, he misses Man United and plays Saturday. Yeah. He just misses, he misses Man United, of course. Okay. So... Just missing one game, so it's not it's not too bad. But I would say, reflecting on this weekend from my team's point of view, I think it was a clear argument for why having enough budget to have the, the big three strikers is 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 where is where I want to be going now. I don't fancy hiding behind the sofa every time Lukaku plays. Mm. Um, and if he has an opportunity to bring in uh, whichever one of those big three that he's not got. And if he's got the budget to do it, like, I think it's probably a good time. I, 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 I really do. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think you hold an opposing view. I just think that personally, I'd left enough budget in there to go from DCL to Lukaku, just if, just in case he scared me and yeah. he's absolutely put the fear in me. Uh, <laughs> and I think I'm just going to bring him in this Sunday. So yeah, I, that's 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 my perspective. There's definitely merit in holding Antonio. Um, you're gonna, you know, you might want him later down the line, but if you have the budget to put him up to a premium, I would do that this week. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I did the two strategies: the old split into the B team. The B team's got all the money in the world. I can literally go Kane, Ronaldo, um, and New Zealand Salah all at the top price. I made sure I could do that, and already it's ahead. So it, I might have to switch to my main focus to be in that one. Um, I, I'm still. For me, I still like the two premium strikers as long as you can have a Kane and Salah, so enough money for that. And your third one goes up to Calvert Lewin at ten. I think that's good because you can benefit from having that extra really good defender usually or something that that can actually work for you. I don't, I don't know if that's terrible. The problem we've got now is obviously that Calvert Lewin's suddenly got injured. Antonio's got suspended, and then Bamford, you know, Leeds look like they're out of form. There's even no noise today. He might have pinged his hamstring or something. I don't know how true that is. Um, but people are saying that. That's a possibility. So suddenly, like three of the main players, I would say around that area, are at look look like worse options. Then yeah, everything points to the three premiums. But you know, once they're back, I'm I'm not sure it'll work that way. But so much of this game is down to, you know, is down to your captains and having that flexibility up front is important. And I think that was the main decisions we all went with. It was basically whether to have two or three premiums up top. I went with one to start, but with the money to get the second, and that's worked out even worse in my favour. So. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. To answer his questions, though, I don't think... Uh, Antonio, I can kind of... Uh, I can see what you're saying. I personally like keeping him, but I think getting rid is, is viable. Christensen, I don't see as a problem. Do you see as a problem? No, I have just obviously... I mentioned earlier on that he is starting for Chelsea in the Champions League. Yeah. But rotation... I think rotation was baked in. We expected that. The reason they've got Christensen in our team is because he's playing for what I think is the best defence in the league. He's, the, you know, at the, not only the best defence in the league, a defence that likes to stat pad and pass the ball sideways mm. consistently for 90 minutes. There are going to be games where he doesn't play. I was I was surprised, but not shocked, that he was rotated at the weekend, having played three times for Denmark, but I'm still willing to keep him. I, th- I think he'll, you'll think he'll prove to be a good option. He does give them cover across the whole back line, um, even if Thiago Silva mm. is going to, going to be playing more frequently. So I think he will justify his price. I think he'll wash his face at at 8.3 and so I do think it would be knee-jerk to to take him out now although I am a little bit worried that he's playing tonight but that's that's the way thing that's just the way things are going to go with uh with City and Chelsea players especially yeah. when you get budget ones like that 
I totally agree. I mean, to me, you look at their lineup tonight, and you know, you could argue a few spots, but I think that's their first choice eleven, pretty much. I mean, I've got it in front of me on the screen, so people will be able to see. I mean, obviously Zayech there, that could be Havertz, but Lukaku Mount, obviously Havertz has played a lot recently. You can understand that one. In, in uh, the four across midfield, almost, if you include the win-backs as midfielders, you've got Rhys James, Kovacic, Jorginho, Alonso. Now, Kante, when he's fit, probably comes in and out for Kovacic, but that looks first choice to me. Alonso with Chilwell, we know this, you know, he's, he's talked a lot about it. I think Chilwell will maybe eventually come in, but Alonso's playing well enough so that he stays, so that that's fine. And the back three, I mean, this is what we really wanted to find out when I was talking to you about Christensen in the pre-over, was, is what's going to happen around Champions League with Thiago Silva. Now, to me, I'm not sure we've 100% got that answer because the international break was just prior to it happening and we also had the whole Thiago Silva's not going to play because he's banned and all this drama. So I don't think we quite got the answer. But to me, what's positive is that is the strongest team you could probably put out tonight, you know, outside maybe Havertz who needed a rest. Um, and Christensen's in it. So I've said this again on the overhaul thing before. It doesn't matter if the guy misses the odd game if he's going to be getting 10 pointers every time he actually does play because it's the equivalent yeah. of a terrible pick or someone more expensive picking up twos and fours and stuff, which, you know, he's not always going to get 10 points, but he's pretty much always going to get five or 10. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the only one I'd say... And if you look... Go on. No, I was going to say, if you look at the... So there's only, from where we are right now, there's 10 minutes played, and he's already sound 20 passes. So... Yeah, man. It's, it, it's, it's, it's almost like pouring salt into the wounds. Here's what you could have had at the weekend. Um, mm. But Chelsea's... Chelsea's passing output was way down at the weekend, probably through a combination of the, the players that they started with, yeah, not think... their first team. Mm. Um, and, now, and now they've got the first team out, and it looks like they're dominating the ball again. So, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic. I'm, I agree totally with what you say. I, yeah. I think at the moment, it's a watch. If, if it ends up you know, if it ends up being the situation that Christensen continues to play every Champions League match and Thiago Silva is clearly the option for the league um, and Christensen's only getting limited minutes, then we'll have to assess. Yeah. But I think it's too early just now. Yeah, I agree. And the only other one I really would have gone for is Matip. You know, I was quite I was quite positive on Matip. I know a lot of people weren't, and I did like him. And it's easy to say now, like, you know, Matip's the better option because he just got, I don't know if he got 10 points, but he certainly got one tier of passing. Maybe he got nine. Nine, I think, yeah. Right, okay, and the clean sheet. Again, it's like I said on the pre-oval, but I'll prefer Matip in terms of, I think Matip is first choice, more so than Christensen. It's just that I believe Chelsea will probably get more clean sheets. He's more nailed for passing and although he has had injury problems in the past, Christensen, I think he's probably a little bit more over them, whereas Matip, I just, you know, maybe he just goes on a season without getting injuries, but it, it would probably be the first time in about eight or nine years or something that he's actually done that. So I do feel like that'll break down. But, you know, if Christensen, if it is a problem in the future and Matip is staying strong and playing, then it's an easy switch, isn't it? I think for just point one, I think that that's, you know, something we can book in. I think it's too early days. I personally would hold Christensen. He may not play this weekend as a result of playing Champions League. And then if Thiago Silva comes in, I think it'll be the next game after that where we'll decide if Christensen's not in the lineup again, then I think we've got a very, very you know, good indication that he's he's basically playing second, second fiddle to Thiago Silva, which I can't see personally. I think Christensen will come back in. Uh, if it's not this game, it will be the next game. And I think he's in... I mean, that's the strongest team there for me. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think he'll be back in. Uh, next question then from Mark Sky FF. Uh, some of these might be similar actually, so I'm just reading them for the first time. Good chance Christensen plays during the week in the Champions League. You got that right, he is. Uh, which has made me worry he'll miss the next league game. Straight swap out if he misses the next game. Could be a straight swap for Massip. Do we think he's now? Now, we've just covered that, haven't we? For me, I think we leave. For Niall says it as well. Yeah, might not play the next one. I think he probably will, but even if he doesn't, we've got to wait one more, I think. I don't think he'd be so hasty. I think come the end of the season, Christensen is going to be right up there for the for the defenders. It doesn't matter how they come, if you're just going to leave him in. I can't see him not being in sort of the top seven or eight scoring defenders in the game. And, you know, for 8.3 million, whereas the ones that probably will beat him will be the likes of Van Dijk, etc. Or like 10.5 or whatever they are. 10.2, I think he is. Uh, John NUFC, obvious questions, I suppose, but if Webster is a long-term injury, is Duffy the best replacement or should we look to someone else, i.e. Ben White, Vestergaard even mentions? Uh, he's also asked about Billy Gilmore, but we'll go for, we'll go for the Webster question because I think that's going to have affected a lot of people. I think it's going to depend on your team, but um, yeah, you, you go ahead now. Let's just assume he's out for a while. Obviously, we haven't got the news. We're just going to assume he's out, yeah. okay? Okay, I, I know we're assuming he's out, but I think personally I'll be waiting for news. Um, you know, it may it may be that he's going to be out for three, four, five weeks. In which case, I'll be looking at these options. But 
there is still over a fortnight, I think, until a fortnight or so until he passed mm. that Monday night game where you need him. Um, and so if you don't hear anything absolutely categorical this week from Potter, you could just wait and see the lineups that night and then replace him with Duffy or Gallagher if you wanted to. Um, so, I mean, the, you'd, you'd miss one game this weekend, but Gallagher's got Liverpool away, for, for example. Yeah. That would be quite tricky. Anyway, assessing the options, um, I, I, I like Duffy. I was talking Duffy up before yeah. um, before I just selected my team. I just felt a bit uncomfortable having two Brighton defenders. If Webster's going to be out for uh, an extended period, then that probably, you know, that, that underlines the... the, the underlines the case for Duffy a little bit more it's mm. cheaper as well so I think Duffy's probably the standout he gives you the coverage on that that Monday night game but a lot depends on your, your team if you're on a four at the back or a five at the back you could um, well if you're on a four at the back you could move to Gallagher in the midfield I thought Gallagher looked electric in the yeah. game against Spurs he was all over the pitch um, he, he, he did get tackles I think in the end he can get yeah he's, uh, and, I've got him in my B yeah. team which again is doing really go. well as a result of probably picking Aside from Gray, the only midfielder who did anything, I, I'm, I mean, I was pretty big on him before overhaul. You know, I should have maybe had him in my A team, but I thought I'll spend a little bit more money in that bracket because I can always come down. And I, and I got him in the B team, and now I, I really want him in the A team. To be honest, I think he's just tailor made for Sky. To be honest, now I don't believe he's going to be getting the goals all the time. I know he's got a really good expected goal involvement. He's breaking late into the box. He seems to be the, on the end of everything. But I don't think we can suddenly just say he's going to hit like 10 goals in a season. Now he could, but for me it's just the fact that he's clearly a standout for man of the match. He's got those tackles to fall back on. It's a ridiculously cheap price and he appears to be all on set pieces. So he's going to pick up the odd assist as well. Um, yeah, I just think it's, just, it's a no-brainer really. If you can get to Gallagher. The, the perfect thing is that he obviously covers that Brighton Palace game as well, doesn't he? So the fact that Webster's Precisely. injured, you just go straight to him. And I wouldn't... I don't think that's a problem. I am, however, with you on the fact that, for example, in my A-team, just so annoyingly, I'm 0.1 short of actually going from Webster to Gallagher. There's no easy way for me to do it. So I will just say on this, as good as Gallagher is, the fixtures are bad, and I don't think it's like a panic you have to get him sort of player. It's not like a Lukaku or Ronaldo is going to bang hat-tricks and stuff. I feel like you can work out a plan to maybe bring him in at a later point, and you don't need to just completely smash your team to get him. Um, but he's clearly going to be a decent option. And... You're right, if Webster's back in, say, in time for that two weeks, or even if he was back in three weeks and you had other cover for that day, I don't really like removing a player, because I feel like Webster, you're probably going to want him back, because I still think he's the best 7 million defender. Do I really want to spend a transfer taking him out, then he misses three games, say, and then he brings someone else back in? Now, if, you, if the transfer you did, you know, um, the person you bought in got three weeks of 10 points, has got 30 points, you could say, okay, fair enough, that's worth it, but then... If you were then to take that person out, again, this is all hypothetical, that'd still be two transfers. I'd still say that's borderline. And I can't see that ever happening. I can't see anyone at that price hitting 30 points, for example. Um, so to me, if Webster is a looker, like a, you know, if he's very, very definite, he is going to be back in two, three weeks or whatever, I'd just leave him in, personally. Um, but if it's more of a, oh, we'll have to see, it's a hamstring, these are like a three or four weeker, blah, blah, blah that's when I'd start to worry and just think, do you know what, I'll get rid of him and then I'll, I'll readdress it later. That's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, I think that's wise. Uh, some of the other options he mentions in there, Mar, Markal, I think Yeah. Uh, he looks more and more like he's going to be the first choice at wing-back for Wolves. He's also so, very injury-prone as well, though. That's the problem. He is another one who's very injury-prone. So mm. that's the thing. You, if you're moving Webster on to someone who's... For example, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a player, Kilman. Kilman had a you know close to passing, close to tackles, got the clean sheet through at the weekend. If you were to move Webster onto Kilman, you might find yourself in two, three weeks' time wanting to move Kilman back to Webster. Mm. And that's not going to be worth it. So um, wait and see on the extent of Webster's injury, first of all, and then I would also you know, if if you get the chance to see a lineup, say, before you bring someone else in, then yeah. that would be that'd be great too. The last thing you want to do is bring in Let's say you bring in Veltman as an alternative, um, or you want to bring in you, you want to bring in say, Cooper. even 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 yeah Cooper. You know, there's um, there's a risk that you might end up moving back to Webster in the future anyway. So yeah, I, I don't I don't see it as a I don't see it as an absolute stick on transfer unless he's out for say four four or so weeks. That's yeah. probably the, the threshold I'd go for. 
I agree, yeah. And and ultimately, I think you could probably get away with skipping that Brighton and Crystal Palace captain day if you really wanted to, because nearly everyone would either been on Webster originally and now hasn't got a plan, or maybe will bring Gallagher in for that game and captain him. And yeah, as much as I'd love to have Gallagher for that game and captain him, you know, he's still a 7.3 million midfielder. The chances are he probably doesn't yeah. do too much. It's, you know, you'd like to think that he's not going to bang three goals, for example, and completely destroy your rank. So, yeah. Uh, he's mentioned Ben White and Vestergaard. For me, Ben White's just... I know the fixtures are good, but he's not... He never actually showed the passing bonus at Brighton particularly. We always thought that he probably could get it because a lot of the Brighton defenders got it. And he would get it on occasion. But and then I put that down to the fact that he was playing in midfield. And he is obviously a ball player playing centre-back. Now, we know the Arsenal defenders do quite regularly get passing bonus. But so far this season, they've not really shown it. And when Ben White's been there, he's been close a few times. But I, did, I, mean, I don't think he got it. I'm... Uh, pretty sure I checked, home to Norwich, I'd expect him to be getting passing bonus there and he hasn't got it. So for me, yeah. with zero goal threat, Arsenal not the best for, for you know clean sheets and stuff really. Um, you know, It's just the fact there's no pass. I know it's cheap, but I, I personally wouldn't go there. For, for 7.8 million when there are the likes of Markel at 6.2 or Duffy at 6.6 and Cooper at 6.9, even though they might not get as many clean sheets, you know, Cooper's probably going to get passing versus Newcastle, for example, I'd have thought. And Vestergaard, I do like Vestergaard, but um, I think there was a he went off maybe even with a slight injury again. So it's just, I think they're rushing him back to be honest because the, the team's so bad. So I probably wouldn't look there yet. He's also mentioned Billy Gilmore randomly dropped last week, but a good run of games to hit tears. Do you keep faith and assume it was a rest? So the Gilmore gander. Um, I'll just touch on this one quickly. He's made some comments since that he was trying to protect him for playing a lot of time in the, in the um, international. Um, I think also he made some comments about he's still young, he's still learning. They made like a bit of an error. Him and Williams, he called them both out, saying they'd, they'd actually be at their main team clubs and still playing there. If they were the finished article, they're not. But that's a good thing. You know, he's trying to put a spin on it. So I think he's just trying to bring them down a peg, probably because they've come from these top-tier clubs. They're quite young and enthusiastic, right? And then they come to Norwich, and they probably think they are a, a bit of the Billy Big... <laughs> literally the Billy Big Gilmore. Probably thinks it, and he's probably bringing them down a peg. Um, but I think it's a little bit of protection, and the game was a tough one. So I, I personally think he'll be back in the team. They've still got the nice run. Um, but obviously this week's going to tell us, right? If he's suddenly if he's not in the lineup again this week, then yeah, then it's panic stations. But for me, you leave him in for now and you see... I assume you're probably the same on that right now. Yeah, I mean, I still I still like him as an option a little bit. I was obviously a little bit nervous that he did play most of the minutes in the three games that Scotland had during mm. the international break. Um, and I was also slightly worried that Norwich seemed to have played a bit better at the weekend. Um, well, I think they so, got battered, to be honest. I know they lost one yeah. nil, um, but, uh, only 1-0 one in the end. But I feel like the stats all point to what Arsenal are having a much better the, the, game. It, Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal had an immense amount of chances. But I'm just, I'm just unsure, unsure. Maybe you'll say to the players, you know, he went out and yeah. gave Arsenal a game, give you a chance again. It just depends. They, and looking at the, you know, looking at the subs, they brought on I think three subs and he didn't, he didn't get on the pitch. So no. maybe they just want to give him a full rest. That could just be the case. But yeah, what again? It's a wait and see. If if he's out of the team this week. Um, and they get a result, then yeah, I think if he's out because also, sorry, I also remember that they've got Chelsea to come, and he won't get to, you won't be eligible for the Chelsea game. Right, good point. Say yeah. four weeks. So if he's not if he's not back in the team by then, yeah, that's another game he's going to miss. So yeah, it's it's definitely. I wouldn't make any rash transfers right now. I'd no. watch this game, maybe even the next game, and then make the judgment call. Personally, for me, if he doesn't start at home to home to Watford and there's no injury for example he's just sat on the bench then for me it's just you can have to get rid and, and I mean Gallagher's just a little bit more right he's trying to find the money in the sky sometimes hard but he's clearly the standout in the cheap midfield price for me at the moment so that's that's where I'd just look to go if that's the case I think he'll be back though and I think he'll be fine I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he picked up passing in an assist versus Watford and even man of the match I, I think he could do it um Maybe I'm optimistic because I'm having to play him in my FBL team this week, but I've got high hopes for him this week. Um, Auto Recluse says, what are your thoughts on a mad punt of Webster out to a Newcastle player in view that their fixtures list isn't bad? Uh, Leeds may not be the best captaincy on the 17th. Uh, I have Brighton and Palace game covered already with Sanchez, so he doesn't need to worry about that game. So basically, is a Newcastle player worth bringing in for their good fixtures? And I'm assuming it'll be someone cheap around the Webster prize. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm not sure he's been watching the games though, <laughs> seeing goals for fun. 
Um, yeah, they, they, they do they do look quite leaky at the back. It depends who he's planning on bringing in. I assume if it's Webster, he'd be looking at a defender. Um, yeah. All the games are better. The games are better. I, I just don't. The thing is, I think what we talked about before, like if we just talked about Gallagher, right? The great thing about Gallagher is that he's got so many avenues to getting points. Mm. He's taking shots on, he can get bonus from the shots side. He's making tackles. He's a goal threat. He's you know, someone who can get man of the match. If you look at a Newcastle defender, I mean, if you look at the, the players that played against Manchester United, very few of them are yeah. goal threats. I know Man Keogh scored, but that's a nose. I'm going to assume that he's because he, he's a pretty good, he's a good player actually. I know him, that he's he's not looking at that, and he's actually looking at one of the better Newcastle players. So even if we, let's say we give him credit that he's going to be going for set maximum, for example, at seven point nine. Okay. Would would you consider? I mean, he's done he's done all right so far. I'm looking at his his points so far. So we got five pointer versus West Ham, just one assist, and a two pointer versus Villa. He then got goal man of the match, yellow card versus Southampton, and then he picked up another assist versus Man United. So he's returned in three of the four games. Um, obviously, no bonus points to be heard of there unless you count man of the match as a bonus. So, do you consider him? I mean, the thing is, he's he's in an area right now at that midfield and around that seven point nine million mark where no one aside from Gallagher at seven point three is really putting their hand up. What yeah, I mean, he's their he's their he's their main option. I just. I'm still unconvinced by, by Newcastle and I think I know Leeds haven't had a great start to the season but I still think that Rafinha is a far better captaincy pick than any of the Newcastle options on Friday mm. I'm happy well I won't be happy to be proved wrong but you know I could be proved wrong um, and also if you, I think the Leeds defender is probably decent as well because they'll pick up passes yeah. but um, yeah I mean if it, if it is St Maximan maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a case for for Willock, I think he's relatively cheap, somewhere in the, the sevens. Um, uh, seven point well eight, so only point one cheaper than seven. Like so really, not much cheaper. No. Yeah. Again, yeah, you could go for some maximum, but it's not someone who I'm looking at. But if you've got, if budget's not an issue, if you were to go from Webster to sit maximum and still have enough budget, say, to have flexibility in your front line, then you could do it. But. Um, I suppose you'd need to have quite a lot of budget available to, to yeah. make that move and still have that flexibility. So that'd be my concern. If it snookers you for making moves elsewhere, then then no. But you know, if you need a seven point eight midfielder, seven point nine midfielder, um, and you fancy him, he's probably not as bad. You, you know, he can't be any worse than the other options who are doing very little yeah. as well. That, that's basically the thing that I keep coming back to. Um, yeah, I haven't considered it. I, I just I wouldn't touch a Newcastle player at all. But having looked at it, the fixtures are good. Obviously. St. Maximum versus Leeds, I feel like he could do actually pretty good in that game. You know, he's clearly a standout man of the match. If he's gonna be if they're gonna have the space and they're gonna be constantly breaking on each other, then you know, that's tailor made for St. Maximum. So I don't doubt he can be a good option on that day. I just think there's also a very realistic chance that despite Leeds being poor, just suddenly they batter Newcastle four one because just they just seem to capitulate as soon as they concede a goal. Um and then you yeah, the fixtures are good, but keeping a Newcastle player long term and then also, I mean, St. Maxim is pretty injury-prone as well. I know I keep mentioning this, but he has spent a lot of time out since he's come. So I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up another one soon. So not for me either. I, I personally wouldn't do it. But I can see the appeal. Uh, Tom uh, SkyFF says, Webster to Duffy, question mark. I don't, I don't think I need to overthink it. Um, yeah, you, you've already given your seal of approval on that one, right? Yep, absolutely. Next question. <laughs> yeah. I, I do feel that Duffy might be one of these players that we talked about that we keep thinking is going to come out of the team. He ends up playing 35 games in a season just because of all the other injuries, the way he's played so far. You know, maybe it won't be the case, but um, yeah, I, I think he, there's enough reason to bring him in now and suspect he stays in the team for quite a long time. He's just not done anything wrong. We keep expecting him. You know, he had a really poor. Um, few games or even you know, a period for Brighton before we ended up going out on loan, and you know we've not seen that since he's come back. He's not had any mistakes. He got what two out of four clean sheets, I think. Brighton he obviously scored goals as well. Yeah, I think you can bring him in if you don't have cover for that day and you can't get to Gallagher. Then Duffy's the obvious pick to me. Uh, FPL underscore Sky Addict. If transferring out Antonio, does it make sense to bring him in that quickly again, or could we wait uh, till we need an Arsenal player? And get him or someone else, then maybe. So another, I think he's saying, yeah. Um, if we, if we transfer him out, obviously, do we use it as part of a daisy chain? So we go to the Arsenal players for the. I think when is it? I'm going to bring up the fixtures now. Um, 18. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it's really hard to see on the Sky website actually, just the way it produces the fixtures for us. Um, it's slow to update as well. Yeah, it's the 18th, Monday 18th is the Arsenal, first Arsenal game against Palace at home. Okay, so basically go to, take Antonio out, bring someone else in for a few fixtures, ignore Antonio for a while, end up going to your Arsenal option on the 18th, and then after Arsenal are finished on the 22nd of October, going back to Antonio, who plays on the Sunday uh, versus Spurs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. You've already talked about Antonio being a slight problem and maybe moving him out, so I think you can do that if you want to. I I, I'm keeping yeah. because I love him, but I see the appeal. The only thing I would say is if you're going to take Antonio out, you're probably going to need Kane. So Sunday 17th of October, before that Arsenal game, West Ham are playing Everton. The only other game that day is Newcastle against Spurs. And then if you go to the game week prior to that, um, 3rd of October, Liverpool are playing Man City. So I can't see mm. a great appeal to captain either side there. West Ham have got Brentford, which is a good game. Antonio could be captained. Um, yeah. And the other game that you'd consider that day is Spurs at home to Villa so yeah it, I think it's if you are going to bring Antonio back in then you can capture him those days but if you're if you're going to wash your hands of him you're probably going to have to bring in Kane and yeah. that's going to be something you have to think about from a budget budget perspective as well because clearly there's a huge gap between those two players yeah no I agree with that I really want I'd really want Kane as captain for the Newcastle game on the 17th of October I know Spurs haven't looked great at the moment if Sun's still out but it's Newcastle we've seen already any time they're playing. Anytime you need Newcastle to hold firm because you haven't got a captain, they'll just fall apart. Trust, take take it from someone who didn't want Ronaldo to score this week. Uh, Everton, I suppose, obviously, if you've got the you know, outstanding Damari Gray, then you could captain him at Everton, home to West Ham. He could do absolutely fine or Pickford. But it's going to come down to the individual. But yeah, I think Niall's advice there was, was top-notch, to be honest. Um, In Your Dream says uh, Webster to Markal. Or Mar I don't even know how to say his name. Is it Marcel? Markal? Um, I've had him. He had him in a few drafts over Christensen until the last minute, and then he's put Gallagher, White, Duffy. So we've kind of already tackled this. Is the same people we're all looking at. I think for me and I, we've already said Duffy and Gallagher are great. Markel, I, I'm becoming more and more sold on him. For me personally, I can't get to Gallagher, and it's for me. It's whether I go Duffy or Markel. I think Wolves have got better fixtures longer term, so that's why it's tempting me. And he's cheaper, but I feel like. Markel's tackle bonus is not as consistent as what Duffy's passing bonus will be and Brighton ultimately although Wolves are looking very good in the stats and everything generally get more clean sheets and are a, a more secure unit so yeah Marcel's obviously got a very good well a decent attacking threat seems though he's playing so far forward at those fullbacks I think either of those two options are good I think it's just going to depend on your team if you don't have any coverage for the Brighton Palace game then I'd edge towards Duffy if you do then I'd probably go Markel actually now and just chance it. Yeah, the only other thing I would say, if, if you're hoping that Markal is going to be a, a, a long-term pick, Johnny is still injured, but he's probably going to come back some at some point no, in the I autumn. I think that's going to be yeah, yeah, it's going to be ages, isn't it? He's done it. He's done it. Has he done his um? He's done his knee twice, hasn't he? His ACL twice in a I row. Think he, he? He's done his knee twice, but I think um, the latest kind of update is that he's expected back sometime in November. Right. Um, which obviously take, it may take a while to come back fully, but you know it's something else to think about. And they do have Aitnuri uh, as well, who can challenge that position. But yeah. it does look like Markel is is nailed on just now. But I would all, I just caution against the fact he is quite injury prone, and there's competition for a place there as well. It feels like you might have to make another transfer if you go Markel, doesn't it? And I know the same could be said for Duffy. But that is the one thing that keeps holding me back is it just feels like it, you will end up making another transfer. And this is what I really tried to cut out last season is making transfers at these low prices between these players that have got quite low ceilings in general. You know, already I've got Webster injured and having to make a transfer, you know, and then in my B team I, had to, I bought Lorente and he got injured. So I'm already falling into the trap again of switching around these players where, yeah, you know, it's not my fault if they're getting injured, I've got to do something about it. But switching from one injury-prone, slight rotation risk to another injury-prone, slight rotation risk doesn't fill me with joy right now. Um, and yeah, I know you could put Duffy in at Calgary, but he just feels a lot more secure at the moment to me anyway. Um, okay, uh, I've got another question here from Prash Prashunta Sabidi. He says, is it good to transfer out Antonio for Banford? Any other options you like, like Jimenez? Uh, I'll throw that over to you. Thanks for that. For um, <laughs> if he's already got a captain, if he's already got a captain for Friday, then I don't think I 
don't think I'd do it. I think um, if you're only going to be taking Antonio out to bring someone else in around his price, then I'd, I'm not convinced it's the right move. I would probably just hold him. I think, like I said earlier on, if you are able to move Antonio on to one of the premium forwards that you've not got, then then I think there's an appeal to do that this week. Um, otherwise, I, I just don't see the, you know, I'm not sure that Bamford is going to end up being a better choice for the next six weeks, say, than Antonio. Antonio's still got some good captaincy options. So, and if you've already got cover for that game on Friday, I I don't think I'd be doing that. And the other option of Jimenez, I don't think he's actually scored in the league since he came since he came back. No. Um, so, no, I, I don't think I would do that either. Not until we've seen some semblance of form. And the thing is with Jimenez as well, he's, even if he does score, he's the kind of player that gets one goal, one shot on target, and yeah. not often man of the match. So he's sometimes seven points, which is fine, but he's not someone who tends to haul, haul big. So I, that's the way I'd look at it. If you can get premiums, yeah, fair enough, take Antonio out. If you can't, then I think there's a case for holding him. Yeah, I agree. And if you were going to go to Banford, you probably should have done it versus Liverpool. I know he only got two points, but you do have got the extra the extra points there as well. And obviously, he could have returned. Um, Leeds fixtures are great. I just think if you've got Leeds coverage already, doubling up's not a bad idea. But then sometimes you cause yourself problems where you end up captaining. You know, end up captaining Bamford, and then Rafini goes and outscores him. So actually, the transfer costs you points in the end, like in some way, because you know, let's say Rafini gets a brace. Or I know it can work the other way, but. Generally, those kind of decisions usually backfire on me when I've already got a decent enough captain and I try to shoehorn in another captain, like almost for no reason. Um, but the fixtures are great. Uh, I just think if you've got Antonio now, you miss the one game versus Man United and then you, you, you keep him going. Because the thing with Antonio, it's not like it's just a surprise, you know, he's done well these last two weeks. I mean, he's been doing really well for West Ham for a long time now. Whenever he's on the pitch, his stats are through the roof. He does really good. Now, I know that was slightly exaggerated in the first two weeks because it was exceptional but he's not going to suddenly just be a bad option for me I know they've got Europe and everything else and we can see how it works but I still just think Antonio you know when he's on the pitch when he's playing for West Ham he's always got a real good chance of, of points and I think he's going to be one of the best I mean, he's going to be one of the best value strikers in the game at 8.8 .8 million you know only injury is going to hold him back for me the moment he gets injured I might get rid of him and then that'll be that because what I don't want to go on that train of injuries back injuries back over and over I'll probably just ignore him from that point but until that happens, I can't see many strikers around that price beating him, to be honest, uh, or even close. I mean, like I say, I, I had the opinion that he could even get close to some of the top strikers in the game. Um, I think that's all our questions. So unless there's anything else you want to add, we can move on to sort of previewing the week if you want, Noel. Yeah, so one final thing I would say about cheap strikers that um, you might want to think about for that Monday night game if you've got, you know, if you need to have a a striking option or you don't fancy having Gallagher or, or Duffy um, Edward mm. might be an option I reckon after, after his brace at the weekend he's probably going to come into that team and if, if that 20 minute cameo is anything to go by then he's going to be pretty potent yeah. in front of goal for them uh, obviously they were playing against a 10 man terrible Spurs outfit at the time uh, but one to watch for sure definitely and yeah, you don't have to. I don't think you go down to that 7.7 .7 million and then leave nothing in the bank to ever get away from it. I think that that price back it, you've got Pookie, you've got Tony, you've got. I mean, Pookie comes into a lot of really good fixtures now as well. Um, Tony, I think, although he's not set the world alight, I still think he's playing pretty well, and I don't, I don't doubt that he will get some goals. Obviously, he just takes a couple of penalties as well. Um, so that bracket isn't the worst. It's just obviously taking that premium striker slot, but. If we need to then in the future, you know, let's say Christensen is a problem, say Matip's now injured and we want the likes of Diaz and Laporte and we want Van Dijk and we want whoever, you know, maybe we do have the two premium forwards and we look for the cheaper striker. And at the moment, between Puki, Edouard and Tony, I mean, I know Edouard's only played a little bit, but he looks pretty good. And um, yeah, Palace look pretty good, don't they, Now That's just what I was saying, that they look like they might become a decent team. Gallica suddenly looks an option. Zaha's back, you know, even Guita's keeping clean sheets. What is I was going to say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I, I, don't think, I don't think the clean sheets will last, but yeah, fair play, fair play to you. If you'd gone for Guita and goal, you probably would have had the budget to have Lukaku instead of Antonio. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think, I mean, the fixtures are still pretty bad, but I think Palace are definitely, you know, taking up, you could say, two or three years from last season already, and they've probably got some way to go yet. They're still learning, 
system. You know, the fixtures have been bad. You know, still got players to come back. Eze still not quite back. Um, and, you know, Elise as well is obviously a big signing for him. Yeah, I think it's exciting times for him. As long as they, I mean, there's a problem with these thing, these teams is they need to keep their their first eleven fit. If Anderson or the other the other centre back Gwee gets injured, then yeah, they're in trouble all of again the sudden for me. But I think they're um, they're looking decent, and when they're fixed as turn, they've got options now. I mean, it's really annoying that Zaha's a forward actually because he's playing really well at the moment on penalties. It's eight point six million. I feel like if Zaha was a midfielder at sort of eight and a half million or just below them, suddenly he, he could actually put his hand up in that area. Um, but obviously it's not to be. Right, let's preview the next week then. Um, we're going to go through any transfers or captains you've got planned, anything like that. Uh, obviously Friday night is Newcastle versus Leeds. I'm assuming you've got Mr Rafinha in your team and you're slapping the armband on him. Is there any transfers yeah. or anything else going on there? Nothing else going on there. I mean, some people might want to bring in Cooper, possibly, for that game. thought if they were going to do it, they probably could have done it on Sunday. But the fact that Lorente is injured as well maybe does bolster his his credentials a bit. But I would still, yeah, I'd, I'd still stand still I'd stand still on Webster until we hear more news. You might hear more before Friday. If you do, you might want to move on to him. If you if you don't like the the look of Rafinha, or you know, hopefully not for people but some people might be carrying Bamford if these rumours which are unsubstantiated I think at the moment if they do come to come to pass that Bamford has picked up a knock then you might need to find some alternative cover for that game and if you've got Webster you could move to Cooper but I think Rafinha will be the most captain option Yeah I'm inclined to do this I'm just going to be on Rafinha I'm not going to do anything else sure I'd like Bamford sure I think the defenders could get passing bonus I mean, they've not looked solid at all, Leeds, defensively. And now with Lorente out, they're even more dodgy. So even if you bring Cooper in, I wouldn't even say a clean sheet's absolutely assured here. Um, it's just they've got a nice little fixture run that is sustained. So I think bringing in an option for Leeds, you know, as long as you don't count on them too much for this week, is not particularly a bad option because they've just got such good fixtures. They'll probably pay you back over the six or seven weeks. But yeah, Rafinha's captain for me. Probably won't make any transfers. My other team that's got Lorente injured and got no Leeds coverage, I'm probably just going to have to bring in Cooper now and just throw that transfer in the bin. So that's already going to be uh, probably another waste again. But here we are. I've got to have some sort of coverage on that day, I feel like. Um, Saturday the 18th of September. So we've got Wolves at home to Brentford. We've got Norwich at home to Watford. Man City at home to Southampton. Liverpool at home to Palace. Burnley at home to Arsenal. And Villa at home to Everton. Um... Bringing anyone in, and who's your captain? Not bringing anyone in, and I think like 90% of the game, I'll be having Salah captain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mine's just, on Salah, yeah. yeah. Just I've, a plum home tie. You know, like, Palace do look better, there's no doubt, but Salah still looks so sharp, and yeah, I, I don't think there'll be much variation on that day. There is maybe a case for a Manchester City player. Yeah. If we'd seen the lineups. And you know, those of those of us who've got Torres, you could maybe go there. But I still think that Salah, even if I could see the City lineups and see that Torres was starting, I think that Salah's got a good chance of getting a brace or more. Yeah, I'd never captain Torres in a game like this because you just don't know he's going to play. Even if he does start, although he could do brilliantly and be a masterstroke, he could also come off on the 70th minute with a two-pointer because he's not going to get passing or tackles up front for Man City. And again, I don't like to captain midfielders, so I wouldn't. I would never consider that, basically, unless I saw the lineup and really felt it. For me, it'd be Diaz. I've got Diaz sat in my, sat in my team here. Now, given how good Man City's defensive stats are at the moment, I know Southampton have looked a little bit better of late. But you'd probably put. I mean, you put Diaz down for five points right now, right? He's going to get passing tier, right? So I, I could go with that, or or hopefully the ten point to twenty. So is it is Salah going to outscore ten points basically? So I, I don't think that's a complete given because Palace do look pretty good, and obviously for Salah to match that, he's um he's going to have to score and get shots bonus, which he could do. It's just the whole fear of would a Salah get two or three right? And that that's the thing that's in my mind, and and everyone else will probably be on Salah, so I'm probably going to go Salah as well. But I do think there's a case for Diaz. Uh, I can't see. I, any I can see options. the case. No, no other, no other options for me, but I can I can see the case for Diaz. I just think in these big home games for Salah, he's capable of getting more than one goal, yeah. shots, assists. They just, mm. you know, you could end up falling on the wrong side of that quite easily. So while yeah. Diaz is probably a safe 10-pointer or 20-pointer, um, Salah could end up with a 30-odd. 
Yeah, agreed. And although we say Diaz is safe, he has now played every game and then was Champions League and is, you know, on paper a fairly easy game for Man City. So is there, a, you know, could he just randomly bring John Stones into that game? Maybe. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's always there's always that chance, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's Salah for me. Sunday the 19th of September, we've got West Ham at home to Man United where my captain will be Antonio. No, it won't. Brighton at home to Leicester and Spurs at home to Chelsea. So I'll go first on this one because I literally... I mean, I can only really captain a Chelsea defender unless I want to... Um, who else have I got? No, that's it. I literally have to captain a Chelsea defender in this game, which doesn't make me feel good unless I bring in Lukaku, which I was always going to do the Lukaku, Calvert-Lewin to Lukaku move. I was actually going to do it the next week. So Chelsea play at home to Man City the week after, for example, and Everton are at home to Norwich, right? So I was going to have Calvert-Lewin at home to Norwich. May even be a consideration for captaining that one. And then I was going to move to Lukaku on the same day, uh, on the next week, which is game week eight. So it wasn't ideal. Calvert Lewin was away to Man United, and I was just going to go straight in on the, on Chelsea's great little fixed run and bring Lukaku, not get the extra game. But now, considering Calvin Lewin's not there, and I don't really fancy Richarlison, um, I'm just going to I'm just going to move it to Lukaku, I think, and then have a captain at least away to Spurs. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have him as captain there. I think he could do fine. Um, you know, I think everyone else will be on Ronaldo, so I'll have to hope that Lukaku can get close to Ronaldo in that one. And then, yeah, the, the kick in the teeth is obviously Miss Everton at home to Norwich, where it'll be Sod's law that Richarlison goes and scores three or four goals in that game now. But I don't. I mean, would you, what would you do? Would you just captain a Chelsea defender and just not bring in any any power forward for them? Do you think Richarlison to to Lukaku's the move? Yeah, I think I think Richarlison to Lukaku is the right move. Um, Spurs were pretty disappointing at the weekend I know they were down 10 men for much of the game but even when they had 11 men on the pitch they yeah, were very good they've still got huge injury worries now that Tanganga's obviously um, suspended as well Son not we don't have any major updates on his status yet but there's a chance he's going to miss out again uh, and then the South American players as far as I know are still in isolation there's not been any clear update on that I don't know if you've heard anything but there's a chance they might not make it back even for them. All right, I wasn't um, aware of that. But I think Bergwijn's got an issue as well, right? He seems to. Do... Bergwijn's got an issue. Dyer went off at the weekend, didn't he, with an injury? He did, yeah. So there's a few, more than a few problems for Spurs. And the way that Chelsea are playing this now, if they are playing their full team again at the weekend, I think they could steamroll our Spurs. I really do. And so if they're going to do that, then Lukaku's the man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be bringing Lukaku in as well for Richarlison. I had the same plan. I had DCL. Um, I'd kept enough budget, thankfully, to make a move from DCL up to mm. up to Lukaku at any point. I was going to do it on the day that you earmarked as well when mm. DCL goes to Old Trafford, but I've not not got any great confidence in um, in Richarlison. And you're going to get an extra game out of Lukaku if you make the move yeah. now. So I think I think I'll make the move, pull the trigger, and hope that you can do something against Spurs. Yeah. But I think I'll probably captain Ronaldo just because. Yeah, I mean I'd captain Ronaldo. He scored again tonight. Yeah, he's 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 looking like the the, the main man, and I, I fully expect he'll continue to score and run against West Ham at the weekend. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm dreading it to be honest. But I think I think when you when you look at Man United and Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea might just. You know, casually stroll out another 2-0 it's the classic Chelsea at the moment but Man United yeah they might struggle against West Ham but at the same token I'd, I'd back them for four or five goals over Chelsea so they could they could easily just suddenly do that right so I'd go Ronaldo if I had the two and I think that's what most people would have planned for my only slight worry about bringing in Lukaku for this week is I know I get the extra game but then like I said I missed the Everton game for Richardson, which could could end up backfiring and also it's the, the thing I mentioned before bringing in another captain when I potentially have a decent captain if I was to captain Rudiger in this game or Christensen or someone you know could they do actually do better than him but then I think Rudiger's passing numbers were a little bit down and one goal I mean I don't really like captain defenders away from home you know I know Chelsea are an absolute machine for clean sheets but you know they will concede some goals eventually <laughs> so that that feels yeah. like it could be painful so I think I'm gonna go for Lukaku in the end so update on the, the Spurs trio, just done a bit of searching, Luchelso, um, Romero and, and Sanchez, they're only allowed to return to England on Saturday. So they'll be returning on Saturday and then potentially going straight into the team on Sunday. Or wow, they okay. So that's 
that's obviously a big worry again for not ideal at all no okay no. well that's convinced me because I think Romero's still quite well he's still quite new to the league and obviously a little bit rash I've heard as well in terms of the way he approaches it I feel like yeah Lukaku could have a field day there potentially so yeah I think that's sealed it for me um yeah, I think that's it, really. I think hopefully we've answered all your questions, guys. Is there anything else at all you want to add, Niall, or should we end it there? I think we've done all we can, and hopefully we'll be back next week with smells on our face rather than this. Yeah, rather than this turgid, turgid evil. Yeah, this game's evil, isn't it? It really can hurt you. There's, I mean, there's, I don't. Obviously, FPL, all the other fantasy games, they can hurt you. But with Sky, when you have these multiple captain days where there are huge hauls and huge swings, they're going to hurt you. And we talked about it pre-over. We can't have all of these players. So this is, I mean, I've been hit day one here really hard. I'd be surprised if anyone gets hit by that disparity again with a red card to a to a brace. But there's going to be numerous weeks coming up where we're going to wish we had a Kane, a Lukaku, a Salah because we've had to fix them around. I mean, I'm not going to have Salah versus Watford in my current plan because just the way it's worked out, Salah could easily hit two or three goals in that game and that's really going to hurt. Um, and it's going to be the way. We've only got three forwards, right? So, um, yeah, we'll have to get used to it, I guess. Um Quick nod to the uh, members area like we always do at the end, guys. Uh, a lot of the stats we obviously use uh, to guide our predictions. The passing stats, which, again, I haven't brought them up this time, but they are in the background here. If I just move back, uh, as you can see, Laporte is currently smashing it uh, right at the top of the successful passes per 90. He's really piquing my interest, to be honest. If he keeps in the team, it's a dirt cheap price, so I'll be looking at him as well. Obviously, we don't know that yet, so it'll be interesting to see what Man City do in the coming weeks. But, yeah, get yourself in there. Find those, uh, those gems. Um, and yeah we shall see you on the next one which will probably be the same time next week good luck for the game week everyone good luck yeah catch you later guys cheers <laughs>